0: Welcome to Two Old Chicks Who Know A Lot of shit. I'm Tina McElroy Anza, and I'm here with my podcast partner, my writing partner, my editing partner, and my friend, Wanda Lloyd. Hey, Wanda. Hey, Tina. I'm I'm so glad to see you, and I know you're going to talk about, ooh, your magical few weeks, Um, but first, I just want to thank you for something, Tina, before you talk about it, because what I want to thank you for is not necessarily nearly as exciting as what you're going to do, and that is... I realized today that what I had yesterday was a panic attack and I called Tina. I was having this attack and she talked me down from the ledge and I felt fine. Once I got into the room, I told you last week that a uh, last the last podcast and I'm stepping into this uh, Ted talk Savannah. We um, were so excited and we were having a rehearsal yesterday and I was just I was just having a oh, rehearsal before people in front of an audience. Yeah, we had an audience for rehearsal. So thank you so much for talking me down. I was driving and you literally talked, worked on me over the phone. And um, I'm we just, bring, we did some breathing, some deep breaths. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, I, well, you are so welcome, Wanda. It's, it's all y'all know. I value Wanda so much and to be able to help her is, uh, you know, is, is my joy. And I, I was a little freaked out myself because I, I'd never seen one. <laughs> well, that's what I was I was going to say. Most people see me as the calm person. I'm always the one advising someone else, whether it's you or, or other friends or my daughter. And yesterday, I just realized, oh, my God, I'm not ready for this. So thank you so much. Oh, my joy. My joy. Mm-hmm. And you went on and had, and then had a spe- spectacular job and uh, found out that... Uh, you know that other that other other people might need some little uh, notes every now and then too. So that was was a good lesson for all of us. That I'm yeah. I'm so glad that happened. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. So um, we decided that instead of having the check in, we this time we're going to talk about not just what we're doing, but how we're feeling. So that was sort of how I was feeling. How are you feeling these days, Tina? Well, I'm feeling magical. Okay. Magical. Uh, tell yeah. us more. Well, I noticed about a month ago that things were happening that I've always wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. Outcomes were were, were were happening that I had reached, that they would eat, reach easily. It was almost like magic. And a, uh, a poet friend of mine I spoke to, I was telling her about this because this it went off, I noticed the first week and then the second week, it still was going on this magical streak. People were coming into our lives, you know, helping us with projects, our friends were coming in. We were able to, you know, uh, have spent some time with friends at lunch and that kind of, and things were just going along fine. And so I, I, a friend of mine, a poet asked me, well, well what do you think uh, this is about? And I, I know I hadn't really uh, explored it because you know how you don't want to explore something. You don't want to sort of shake the, the uh, uh, rock the boat. So I hadn't really thought a, lo- a little about it. But um, the more I thought about it, I realized it was a great deal about how I was thinking. Okay. You know, I look at readings and YouTubes about, you know, not asking, you know, about asking for what you want and, you know, you know, just uh, inspirational things. I have I have my own special uh, ones. And we've talked about it before, but I was also thinking, you know, what we want and what we want the outcome to be, because mm-hmm. we all want what we want. Yeah. How do you make that happen? Yeah. Outcome to be yeah. exactly. I yeah. realized that, especially as creatives, you know, you and me who who are always creating things in our heads, whether it's stories, you know, or whether it's uh, plans to help someone, uh, all the rest, that we were the worst ones because the stories that we made up in our heads were really good. So, you know, you'd see a, um, you know, I don't know, you see somebody on the side of the road with a flat tire, and, you know, and he's being helped. But you drive by, and of course, the thing that you start thinking is, oh, God, hold on, nope, I don't have a flat tire. Do I have a flat, do I have, you know, a spare in the trunk? Do I have, and you start thinking about what the worst that can happen. Mm -hmm. And I, I told a little school girl this today, I shared this with her, that I started trying to think my thoughts and when I saw myself going that way, saying, like, I see a policeman and I'm driving. And before I know it, in my head, I'm thinking, well, if he stops me, this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say. And I'm thinking, what what, do you want that to happen, Tina? And I would tell myself this voice, no. And then the other voice in my head would say, well, stop doing it. Hmm. And so one of the things that I started doing was just creating, you know, good stories. Good stories in my head. Good outcomes in my head. And uh, I'm just saying now. I mean, it may not work for may not work for everybody, but I do know that as problem solvers, and you're a problem solver too, Wanda. We all we kind of go to the worst so we can fix it. That's
1: you know? what
0: I did yesterday. I went to the worst. Did yeah, exactly. <laughs> so as you can see, that does not happen. That leads to panic attacks. You. But you know, you, we we think about the worst that can happen, and then and and it, I think we're sort of wired for that. And when we start stopping ourselves, we stop the conversation. At least that's what I found out. And this is my, we're going into, what's today? Okay, we're going into the end of my fifth magical week. Fifth magical so is this week. A, is this the Metro Mer- the Mercury retrograde? Are we still in it that you've oh God, been telling no. me about? I'm still trying to figure out where we are. The with only thing one knows about astrology, <laughs> the stars, anything is, Mercury, what she was trying to say was Mercury retrograde. And so she she finally got, I told her about that. She doesn't believe in it. I, and, but I said, okay, well, you know, but start watching, you know, your electronics and those kinds of things that go wacky, you know, you get lost sometimes and, and you think I've come this way, you know, a million times, all of those things. So Wanda doesn't really believe in it, but it's the only thing she has, a gra- she feels that she has a grasp on. I'm not so sure I don't believe in it. I just don't understand it. Well, why do we talk to it? I know, don't I, know it I know. Maybe you, I don't. You can't. You can't maybe get I don't want to understand it. That may be it. That may be it. Not you don't want to understand it. It's yeah. just that, oh uh, man, you don't like yeah. that. Yeah, you know. I got anyway, all this, I got all this stuff in my head, and I'm trying not to add too much more because there's a lot going on. Oh, Wanda, our, we've been. Oh, Wanda, talking about what, how we feel. We do have to tell you, we have been very, very chick. We these two old chicks work hard every day seven days a week and i'm trying to take some things out of my head not put more things in my head yeah, i understand <laughs> i understand but hey, hey but it may come in handy one day yeah information is power that's what we always say anyway magical a magical week to everybody <laughs> One year, about a year ago, well, exactly a year ago, President Biden signed into law the first uh, federal holiday for Juneteenth, um, and to be celebrated, yay, Juneteenth, to be celebrated on the around, and I say around the nineteenth because officially June nineteenth is the holiday, but it feels like we're celebrating the whole month of of June. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So um, this is the time, the holiday that uh, commemorates the emancipation of the enslaved African Americans, but it's also um in not te- in te- I'm sorry in Texas. In, te- in Texas. In te- it te- was uh-huh. yeah, I'm getting there. So okay. if people all over the country, all, all over the, the through the throughout the colonies where slavery was previously legal, um, got the word in 1863 but it didn't get to Texas until 1865. So, you know, I'm sure the good plantation owners in Texas were like, oh, we're not going to tell our slaves. <laughs> yeah, going to keep that on, that's, that's definitely keep it on the down. Keep but it on we, the have, we have a guest who can answer those questions. So cool. Absolutely. So I'm really excited about our guest tonight because she is someone who has studied, you know, uh, history. She's a Dr. Christina, I want to welcome, let's just say welcome, Dr. Christina Davis, who teaches history and African-American studies at Savannah State. She's my former colleague at Savannah State, and I'm just so pleased that she's joining us. So let me tell you just a little bit about her. She's an assistant professor and program coordinator of Africana Studies in the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences. Ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> to say. Um, she's an HBCU person. She got, she got her MBA and a master's at Florida, at, at FAMU, Florida AM University, and she completed her PhD at the University of Georgia. Since she came to Savannah State in 2012, which was just one year before I got there, she really has um, been striving to teach students the value of knowing their past. To better understand the vast opportunities for future successes, so she is really helping to shape the minds of some African American students at the HBCU Savannah State. So, welcome to Two Old Chicks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so honored to be here. Hi, yes. Christina. We're we're so pleased to have you. And as, as you pointed, as we pointed out earlier before the show, that this is my second time meeting you. <laughs> uh, I am, yeah. So it's it's good to see you again, and good to see you thriving. Thank you so much. Good, good. So, um, growing up, I I don't even know if I knew about Juneteenth. You know what? 50, 60 years ago, Tina. I I don't remember. Did we study? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh no, I, I didn't, didn't know about, about it of. until after, maybe after college, or maybe at, in college, exactly. Right? Yeah. So now in this year, in in Savannah alone, because the Biden President Biden signed the bill a year ago, and it was right at the cusp of the holiday. People didn't have time to get together and figure out how we're going to celebrate it. How all over the country, they've been celebrating it in Texas for decades. So, hey, um, we don't know. We don't know who we're going to invite to the barbecue. Exa- exactly. <laughs> so now, this year in Savannah alone, there are six to six or seven different places in in the county that I live in that are having Juneteenth celebrations. I'm going to be actually presenting my book at one of them. I'm going to be volunteering. When I'm not presenting the book, I'm going to be volunteering for AARP at that one too. So we have some questions for you because this is kind of new to all of us, even though it's been going on for a while. So to get us started, can you just summarize briefly, just what is Juneteenth and, and how did the name come about and why should we be celebrating? Why should we have bring out the barbecue <laughs> in a few days? So Juneteenth is uh, the date that
1: um Union General Gordon Granger came to Galveston, Texas and read General Order Number Three. And in that order, it was uh it was just an announcement that slavery was ended and the uh, enslaved people were actually free. Um, Juneteenth was uh the date that it reached Texas, even though, as you all mentioned, the Emancipation Proclamation had been passed, you know, two years before January 1st. 1863. But the um, while it was a supremely important, the problem with the Emancipation Proclamation was that it only applied to states that were in rebellion. It didn't reply, apply to states that, uh, that President Lincoln had control over. So it would be like, you know, you, you making decisions about what another country was doing because the Confederacy was essentially another country. So um, even though it wasn't official in those areas because, you know, they were disregarding the things that Lincoln was saying. It was supremely important for enslaved people when they hear about the Emancipation Proclamation, because there were so many uh, self-emancipations. self That's what um, Du Bois, W.E.B. Du Bois called it, uh, the greatest general strike that the nation had seen where folks just walked off the plantation. And um, in Texas, there was not a presence of union troops. So, there was no lines for enslaved people to flock to for that protection that was provided by the union presence. And so, um, so Texas was a special case where, you know, people did take their enslaved populations because they would be protected or they would not be in danger of being attacked by the union army. Mm. It's um, supremely important for us to celebrate it because it marks uh, the real beginning of, of freedom for so many people, because it, it expanded, the idea of emancipation beyond just those folks who had uh, self-emancipated or ran away from their plantations after the passage of the Emancipation Proclamation in 1863. Um, And even though the 13th Amendment that really officially ends slavery within the United States is first passed in January of 1865, it's not until December 1865 that enough states ratify it for it to become law. But still Juneteenth, that date before um, the 13th is ratified marks the real end of um, enslavement in the United
0: States. Wow. Well, I I, I do have a question, and mm-hmm. I you know I know you are not back there, but I, I you know I would like to know how how was it received in Texas? I mean, did, oh, this it was, was a it,
1: celebration. Oh, uh, I mean, among enslaved people or formerly enslaved, <laughs> free people now, they oh. were supremely excited. There were celebrations. It was it was jubilee. So. Um, importantly, the, the order that Jun, uh, Union General Granger read, it also entreated enslaved people to, you know, not be idle, to stay in the places that they were, because there was this misconception that Black people were going to be vagrants, that they weren't going to work, that they didn't know how to work, as if they had not. That's all we've been
0: doing yet. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly.
1: But there was a exactly. fear that uh, enslaved people would only, or that Black people would only work as enslaved people and that once they were free, that they weren't going to keep working. Like they didn't want to build and, you know, have the things that they had been denied for so long. And that was just a myth. And so with the with family, delays, and all it of the moment when they saw that they could actually start to achieve those many things that they hadn't been denied for so long.
0: Yeah. And it's my understanding that some plantation owners outside of Texas would, after the emancipation came and they knew that it had come, they would send some of their slaves to other states Without did they do that without telling them, without telling them that? Well, I don't know if they would
1: know it or not, Mm -hmm. because even if they did know about the Emancipation Proclamation, they wouldn't have the power to have Mm -hmm. escaped before they were moved to a place like Texas that would be protected from the Union Army. So. Mm -hmm. um, So, yeah, a lot of folks did that because they knew that they they wouldn't be able to be, uh, you know, run to contraband camps, as they were called. Uh, where they would have some type of freedom um, in those places. So even though the contraband camps were places that had a lot of disease and there were a lot of problems, it wasn't really an infrastructure that could invite or or just um, maintain the huge numbers of uh, free uh, black people that flocked to their lines. They were still going there, even though there weren't provisions for them, because it was that opportunity to branch out on their freedom.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I can I, I can imagine the jubilee. I can just imagine the Jubilee. But I also think about the, the what, and I don't want to call it a burden, but the onus on on these uh, uh, freshly and freed, uh, mm-hmm. you know, human beings who've been working, at, you know, in a place, oh, just all of that, you know, just the... Uh, you talk about stress, you know, just the, the onus of that. You know, well, where do we go? You know, where do we go from here? These are people who had no, uh, our people who had no plans. That's didn't we didn't know, know that this was, this was coming. I mean it's mm-hmm. it's um it this change with sadness, is it change with a little uh, regret or
1: something, uh Christine. I would no. say so among the owners, but not among the enslaved no. people
0: or, or free people, all free people. I'm sure they had a lot of regrets. I'm sure <laughs> they're, they're so worried. The, the no, no, I'm people, <laughs> probably like out of here, bye, see ya. No. <laughs> a lot of people did no, do that. No, they, no, no, I just I just really mean it like that. I just you know, I just meant I I'll be honest, I've heard people say, well, Juneteenth is a celebration of, of black people not knowing something for a long time. And that's how
1: it's sort of been presented. So it was, you know, because that knowledge that they were free was just not, it wasn't, it wasn't spread to Texas. You know, they wanted to keep that on the low for as long as they could so that they sure. could take advantage of the labor. Mm-hmm. And so um, that they found out, you know, I, I guess there would be some type of, you know, regret or or um, sadness that they didn't know beforehand or, or that uh-huh. they couldn't have a flock to Union Lines beforehand. But uh-huh. still a, a huge celebration to know that yeah. they were finally free. Okay.
0: That's, that, that's good to know. Yeah. So is, is Juneteenth a top before the before Biden, President Biden signed the document last the law last year to make it a, na- a federal holiday? Were, is this something that you had been having conversations with your students about? And, are you know, how surprised are they to learn about this? And just sort of what's the reaction of some young people that you interact with about are you?
1: you both mentioned that you didn't learn about it until college. And it's been the same experience for me. I didn't learn about Juneteenth until I was in college also. So I do try to introduce it into my classes when we talk mm-hmm. about emancipation. So we start with the Emancipation Proclamation and the how it was absolutely monumental, but also how it didn't apply to all enslaved people. So it didn't apply to the states that didn't secede from the union. Um, they were still enslaved. But and then, so we go from there, from the Emancipation Proclamation to the end of the Civil War in March of uh, 1865, then to Juneteenth when that announcement is made, and it is a surprise that there that it could have that much time could pass and so many people could still be enslaved even though so many had already struck out on their freedom. So yeah. they are they're very often surprised that it could take that long. But I guess you know,
0: I think it's well, easy, you know, often think about. We often think about the past in our terms of being yes. able to communicate and, you know, even send a letter that would get somewhere or, you know, mm-hmm. be able to write. You know, it's a, it's a, uh, it, 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 is, it is an opportunity to take uh, uh, your students and all of us more deeply into the whole system, you know, mm-hmm. from, a, from a human standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just say that for those who can hear the sound behind us, Christine and I are in the same city, and it is thundering like crazy. Because I heard it on your sound, and <laughs> I'm hearing it outside. So that's that's what's going on here. Um, so this this celebration that we're about to embark on this month, all over the country, I, I saw a story from uh, some magazine that I read um, just today about all the city, all the major cities, and the kinds of celebrations they're going to have. Um, is this not a great opportunity for parents and grandparents to really take mm-hmm. their kids and really learn something about it. Because even though we'll be probably eating some barbecue and listening to some music, I'm sure there will be stories told. I'm sure that, you know, we're going to get an education about Juneteenth.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping that folks will take the opportunity to, you know, interview the elders and the family as they get together, you know, mm-hmm. document some histories just so that we don't, you know, do get caught up in holidays so much that we don't celebrate the history also. So um, I do think a lot of that will happen just with conversations that people will have.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, there, I, you know, to prepare for tonight, uh, for this podcast, I was on uh, YouTube and and I was also reading some articles and... Um, yeah, I Wanda and I were exchanging uh, yeah. uh, text about the things. So and we were both going down the wormhole. Uh, so are there one or two books that you can recommend that we can, you know, that people can read or something that, so any documentaries
1: or anything like that? I think that? The, um, one of the best things I've seen recently is there's a documentary on YouTube. It's called Juneteenth, 1865 to 2021. So it was very recently produced and it, it just does a really great job of explaining the holiday, how it came about, the places that they went in Galveston to announce the end of Juneteenth, the celebrations that people have had since then, and then, you know, how it brings it up to what we do, um, contemporary life, to continue that tradition of celebrating the holiday.
0: Give us the title one more time, because what we it's, can do um, is we can put it on the podcast in writing so people can actually tune into that. It's Juneteenth, 1865
1: to 2021.
0: Oh, okay. No, oh, that's great. That's
1: that's. Great. And then there are also some children children's books out there. Um, one of them, I was, is, I
0: was just about to say, I've seen some graphic novels, even for adults, but for children, that I find them fascinating and, and they have some educational. They have activity books,
1: but um, one that I saw is all different now. Juneteenth, the first day of freedom, by Angela Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say that again. All different now. Juneteenth, the first day of freedom. By Angela Johnson okay. um and it uh it, it it explores Juneteenth and talks about the holiday and then there's another text that's a fictional um what's well, a it's like um well it's a children's book that tell, it's called Juneteenth for Maisie so it it's centered around one um little girl and how Juneteenth is ex- explained to her and how her family celebrates and that's by Floyd Cooper
0: great 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 oh, you know as you. we mm-hmm. were um talking about how you are teaching this in your classes one of the reasons that I wrote my memoir, coming full circle from Jim Crow to journalism, is because when I was uh, at Savannah State and I was having conversations with some of my seniors as they were about to graduate, and they would ask me, you know, about the history and growing up in Savannah, and it was almost as if they had never even heard of Jim Crow. So mm-hmm. if they hadn't heard of Jim Crow, which is more recent, I'm sure they had. You know, I just felt like Juneteenth was just a concept that was so far out of their Sphere of understanding. So I'm glad we're having an opportunity to have conversations about these things. And, mm-hmm. and I was, you understand. know, you, you mentioned the children's book, uh, Christine. I was just thinking it's, you know, it is the kind of thing that uh, children should be learning, like with their ABCs, and with, you know, and when they learn about Maya and and they learn about Tony Mars, you know, along along with that, just sort of the the history of what we, you know, of what we've done, not just. Um, not just the same stories kind of over and over, but it is kind of the kind of thing that you know. I hope uh, young people are growing up with, will be growing up with. I think and now that there. it's
1: a national holiday, it will be included in, I mean, mm-hmm. all of the histories that people write about African-Americans. Mm-hmm. They'll have to include Juneteenth as part mm-hmm. of one of the major events that we have in our histories.
0: Yeah. yeah. So there's something else that I want to address uh, along these lines, because as last in the month of May, as we were <laughs> leading up, to celebrating and thinking about Juneteenth, we started seeing some ads in uh, in media and on social media uh, about Juneteenth. And so it seems like some major corporations were trying to, you know, co-opt the, the yes. Juneteenth holiday. So let's talk about this ice cream at Walmart. Yes. What do you know about this? So when
1: my uh, sibling sent me the link, I didn't believe it at first. Like, this is not. Nobody did this. Nobody wait, made this. Wait, 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 ice wait. Explain,
0: explain what we're talking about.
1: So Walmart um, produced Juneteenth ice cream. The carton has two black hands high fiving, and it says Juneteenth around the um, the uh, lid, and it's supposed to be a celebratory type of thing. But it just misses the point that it was about the end of enslavement. Um, and so I think that's just a, a moment when they are absolutely co-opting the holiday to make uh, capital ends. Right.
0: But and they, there were so many complaints about it on social media that Walmart took it out of the stores, as I understand they it. They
1: did. They did. Um, and then a lot of social media uh, sites were um, um, promoting the ice cream, this black owned ice cream called Malicious. They have some really interesting flavors. I haven't tried it yet, but it's being sold at Target just in case you want to try it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a, a very much better alternative to the Juneteenth ice cream. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> at Walmart, just uh, to be able to celebrate the Black business and sell instead of celebrating the end of enslavement, you know, with uh, ice cream, it just
0: because here's it, my fear. My fear is just like Martin Luther King. You know, it took a few years after we had the Martin Luther King holiday for me to start seeing ads for sales at electronic stores. MLK mm-hmm. holiday celebration, come oh, by like George they day, yeah, day, yeah, yeah, just like that. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm just suspicious that if we don't say something about it, like people did this mm-hmm. time with the ice cream at Walmart, that this will turn into another shopping day. It'll be a day off for everyone, whether they care about Juneteenth or not, or even know about Juneteenth. And then, you know, then the stores will start creating all these sales for Juneteenth. So I'm hoping that we can kind of be on the front end and and prevent this, so that we really are, it, use Juneteenth as a learning experience and as a celebration. Mm-hmm. I think that because of the backlash Walmart got, people will be a lot, lot more right.
1: uh, conscious, um, conscious about yes. what they're doing. And but, have you know, I have
0: a, I, I I have a, I have a sort of a, not an opposing voice, but one of the things I feel is that when you when you present something out into the public. It's out there, you know, and uh, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, standing up for the people who do doing it, but a lot of things you can't do anything about. And, you know, if it's a holiday, it's going to become a holiday like President's Day sale and, you know, 4th of July sellout and all the rest. And I think that's like part of America. That's kind of how I feel I about mean, it's it. Capitalism. And it is there, capitalism. Yes. you know and you know and that's what we're doing but we're still being part we're in the mix that's my my feeling you know mm-hmm. you you know I, I love capitalism you know but i want to be in the mix and so that's that's sort of a, another another view of that uh what i you know, I, can I feel, get I feel good about seeing the press you know the, the uh Doom team sales i really do no, and i think no. I, and i think there's a difference between that and the co-opting of black culture mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's a co-opting of you? a day when you have this, when you have the sale. It's a co-opting of Juneteenth, you know, the holiday. Mm-hmm. But when you when you have people high-fiving for ice cream, that's definitely co-opting of the culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't yeah. want it to be
1: just about, oh, it's Juneteenth, let's go get this, let's go spend this money on this on these items instead of getting together and celebrating, you right. know, the end of this this awful system. Uh, I think okay. it should just be more about togetherness rather than consumerism.
0: Right. Okay. That's, our, that's our job. I mean, appreciate not that I can't appreciate it. a sale because I can very much appreciate <laughs> a sale. <laughs> no, yes. I was just going to say that's our job and you're doing a great job of it. That's, you know, part of your mission. So right. um, yes. is there is there anything that we missed about Juneteenth that you want to share with us? Um,
1: I can't think of anything that we've missed um, because we talked about how uh, Emancipation Proclamation didn't technically make slavery illegal because it only applied to the Confederacy but it was still extremely important and still led to um the um self-emancipations of so many people um I think we just gotta stay vigilant in terms of making sure that it doesn't get co-opted and made just another day that we're off and not just you know that we remember to celebrate the reasons behind the holiday and not just celebrate the holiday.
0: Well, well that's why we have professors like you to keep us on track and to help young people understand what happened so that we can be sure that we don't we don't go backwards in life because so many things we're, as we're seeing today things could happen to take us back and not necessarily, oh you just oh don't know the way things are yeah. happening. So I think it's really important that you're in a position where you're helping young people understand what happened before and so that we don't repeat the past. So thank mm-hmm. you so much. And thank you for coming on. It was such a pleasure having you. My pleasure. You. Thank you so yeah. much for inviting me. Thank Good. you. Thank you. Hey, you know, I think it's time for us to drop some wisdom. You go right ahead, ma'am. Okay, you want me to go first? Okay, well, my wisdom this time, and y'all going to be surprised at this, is sharpen your knives. So, my son-in-law... I'm sorry, are we going to war or something? Are we? No, no, okay. no, no, it's okay. all about cooking. It really is about cooking. Okay. We're not talking about weapons, we're okay. talking about... Good. Thank knives you. Chop up the as we were just talking about barbecue, the kind of knives you chop up your ribs. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so my Cut son in like, when he comes to visit, he always cooks on the grill. And one time he came, last time he came, he said, "Oh, your knives are dull. You, I think I'm gonna have to get you some new knives." And I'm thinking, what's wrong with my knives? I've had these knives longer than you've been alive. I love these knives. That was the problem right there. And so the next time I went into my neighborhood hardware store, I looked over in a on the cor- in a corner and I saw this knife sharpening machine where you put a knife in and and it's just yeah, like a laser. laser. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I said to the guy who works there, I said, "I'm going to bring my knives." He told me it's not it's like seven or eight, six or seven dollars per knife. It's, uh-huh. it's not terribly expensive. And It's probably cheaper than a really good knife. So I wanted yeah. to do. It. So I took my knives in and the guy looked at my knives and he saw the wood and he was like. Ooh, I don't know this brand. This is this must be an old knife. And that's when I said to him, these knives are older than you are. So can they be sharpened? Well, I will tell you, when I got those knives from home, it made such a difference. I didn't know how dull my knives were. So that's my wisdom. I cut up oranges every day. I use my knives for that because I eat an orange. As you know, I eat an orange every day. I use it for and cutting. And as you know, now I, I'm a cat, so yes. now I eat an orange every day. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> sharpen, that. that's my wisdom. Sharpen your knives. And now my son-in-law is gonna to have to think of something else to give me for Christmas because I got sharp knives. And you got I'm, sharp and knives. And when they get yeah, you, know, you have it. something to tell him, and you yeah, tell exactly. him something. Yeah, yeah. You tell so him that's something. My about. wisdom. So what about that's you? What, What's your right, you you know, that's a practical wisdom for you? You know. Mm-hmm. But I want to say, I have to be very careful with those sharp knives. Oh yeah, I'm being very careful. I know that I have to be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they—they are—they mean it when they say it's uh, uh, a sharper knife. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. So, what about you? Ah, oh, well, my wisdom—it's a phrase that we've used here a few times before, and it's a dated expression. I know in this fast-paced world of catchphrases, but my my uh, wisdom is handle your business, handle your business, get things in order, as Yanma Van Zandt would say get in order. Get your business in order. And when I say your business, as I always say it like business, B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean your personal business, your financial business, your business business, your child's business, your, your family's business, your relationship's business. Because it's not all about the business and the numbers and crunching the numbers and all of that. It's about te- paying attention to what, you are supposed to do, and I know it's a tall order, but it's a, i think it's a, a very necessary one. And I sort of hate to do it because you know I'm gonna have to—you have to learn everything you teach. So I know I'm this week I'm going to have to learn handle your business. But I still think it's a—you know—it's—it's a, it's a good phrase, and it's a good thing to keep in your mind. So you know you always know that your life is about you, your choices, you know, and it's about about what you handle, handle your business. How you that, If there's that person you need to get out your life, handle your business. Mm-hmm. handle your business. You know, if it's time for you to, you know, start a, a, to make a will, handle your business. It, it covers everything. I like that one. I like Ooh, that one. That good. Even, I get- even though I'm going to have to learn it again. Okay. Okay. So, you know, um, I thought you were going to call me out because you're always telling me that Wanda is the queen of handling her business. <laughs> <laughs> well you are, you know, well, I you're was the poster child for, you're the poster child for handling your business. That is true. I did I, I did indeed learn a great deal of it from you. You see that it's rubbed off on me. Wanda's rubbed off on me. I was telling somebody today on the phone, I was uh, describing Wanda and I was saying not only is she usually the adult in my head, except for the other day when I had to be the adult uh in your head, mm-hmm. uh, your unsupervised head. But, you know, I uh, I have learned a great deal from you. And having your business is one of the things that, that is a, uh, a hallmark of you and your work. Well, I have to share something with you. We haven't really what? talked about this. You know that I went to my high school class reunion the other day. Oh, that's the- right. Yeah. It's our 55th high school reunion. And our gift for each person was a copy. Of the last, a copy of the last edition of our high school newspaper, the one where I was the editor. Uh-huh. And so I was going through it and looking at page after page of all the stuff, and there was a page of bequeaths. Oh. We were bequeathing things to the junior class. Right, I got And you. so, the, so I, I bequeathed something. I, it says, Wanda Smalls bequeaths her leadership ability and her ability to do more. More than one thing at a time. Does <laughs> this sound <is not> familiar? <laughs> so I guess I was handling my You business. have always been like that. No, I guess okay. so. There you go. I didn't even know it. I did not know it. Didn't even know it. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. How your business, Wanda. Oh, God, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> well, here we are again at the end of this Twelfth episode of our second season of Two Old Chicks. If you haven't already, we really want you to to subscribe and listen to the you know listen to the old ones. If, if you're just a new subscriber and uh, just learning about two, these Two Old Chicks, because our our, our past episodes are, some, are funnier sometimes and uh, these and more helpful as well. So we ask you to join that and tell other people about it. So we ask you to uh, subscribe and join. Good. Before we let you go, we want to remind you that Tina and I co-edited uh, the collective of essays "Meeting at the Table: African American Women Write on Race, Culture, and Community." She's looking for her book, but I got—I have. I one. am. I can't believe it. I don't have one right That's here. That's okay. I have right mine. Yours. I have mine right here. So um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so it's and, one back then. And think about giving copies to to folks um, who want to be informed allies. I guess that's the best way to You know, Wanda, I've had that experience twice recently uh, through the Stacey Abrams for governor. Yay, Stacey for governor. Vote. Um, uh, Please vote. Uh, Then on the island, I met some new white friends and some that that I hadn't seen in a while. And one of them, one of my new friends, Uh, She bought seven copies of Meeting at the Table to share with her international group of friends, guest girlfriends all over the world, once in England, but most of them in the United States, but not here. And uh, they meet every couple of weeks on uh, Zoom, and then every year they meet in some place together. And they've been doing this, she's in her 70s, I guess. So they've been doing this forever. And so she bought copies for all of them because she wants us. I gave her a copy. And mm-hmm. so she she wants to continue the discussion and she wants to be met at the table. I was really I was really impressed about that. I really was. Uh-huh. Uh, because that's just what we wanted to happen, isn't it? Uh-huh. That's, that's exactly right. So if you want to share, you can go online to downsouthpress.com and order your copy or copies of Meeting at the Table. So we hope you'll do that. Thank you so much. Well, this has been a great episode. We'll see you soon. Take care. Love and peace. Bye bye, everybody. Love, love.